Welcome back. It's another edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak, and thanks for listening. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. Be sure you're checking out the official show website at nhte.net and sign up for the e-newsletter there. Just put your email address in the sign-up box, and I will only send to you once a week to let you know about the newest episode. There are also links on the website for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from West Hollywood, my guest is a singer, songwriter, piano player who released a new single last month, a video for it last week, and has a remix of the song coming out this Friday, July 10th. She has landed multiple sync placements across the likes of NBC, Netflix, Disney, and the E! Network. Some of her premieres slash interviews include Billboard, Huffington Post, and Perez Hilton. She has close to 400,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, where she had 8.4 million streams of her music in 2019. You've been hearing a song of hers called Back Where We Started. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Maggie Zabo. Hello, how are you? Very good, thank you. Really glad to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. My pleasure. Well, Maggie, this certainly is an exciting time, what with the new music, the new video, but let's start off first by having you tell the listeners all about the song of yours that I was just talking over during the intro called Back Where We Started. Yeah, so back where we started, it's the first song off of uh, my new upcoming project that I've been preparing for for this year, and it's just a song about, you know, being stuck in a relationship and a situation where I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that you try and get out of, and you just keep going around and around in the circle where you really aren't able to get out of it yet, and it's inspired by a relationship and it's it's definitely one of those songs that I was trying to find a creative way to basically say that just we get ourselves stuck in these holes. And, and really, that's what it's about. So did you write this by yourself or was this a co-write? I wrote this with a couple of my friends, one of them, Brandon Delizer, who's a, a fellow Canadian friend. And we met in Los Angeles and we wrote the song together. Now, this was released earlier this year but was it written this year or was this one that you've kind of had around for a while it's crazy i've had it around for a while i wrote it maybe about a year and a half ago Mm. and it was one of those songs where i loved it and it came from a really honest place and i didn't know when to release it or if it should be with another artist i really didn't know how i was going to put it out but the timing of everything and this year preparing for new music this year, it felt like to me what is the perfect first song for me to release for my project. Now, are you somebody that fights with, I really want to get it out. I really want to get it out. I got to find a way to get it out. Or do you just kind of surrender to, I will know when the time is right. And I'm not talking about back where we started. I imagine this has happened to you before with other songs. I definitely always just want to really get it out there and release new music. And I, I love throwing out content and it's, you know, as an artist and a songwriter, it's so important to have the right team around you. And I have a great manager 
And he really kind of just checks me and he makes me practice patience. And it's all about timing and it's all about finding the right foundation of when you're going to release your music and, and really figuring out when and how you should be releasing stuff. And it's not always smart to be rushing and just throwing everything out there. So I definitely struggle with the balance of like, I want to release this now, but also like, when is the right time? And I think a lot of artists and songwriters and singers can relate to that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. We will certainly get lots of people listening to this interview because they are fans and followers of Maggie. And then there are those who, thank you very much, are just regular listeners of the show. So we will be sure to get you well acquainted with Maggie. But just to make sure that we cover enough ground, she and I will talk even more after we finish this interview. And you can get exclusive access to hear what she and I chat about after we stop the recording of this podcast episode. That conversation with her will be over in the bonus content that I release every week. You get to hear more from the guest. You get to hear some behind-the-scenes type stuff from me. You get to hear a little more lighthearted, more personal conversation and it's also a way for you to show me that you enjoy now hear this entertainment and want to support me and these, as I like to call them, new releases that I put out each week. Please help me to keep being able to create new episodes. It's only $5 a month, and it gets you bonus audio not available anywhere else. Go to the show website, nhte.net, click on the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button, and sign up to get access to what Maggie and I will record after today's show and exclusive audio from the previous 28 episodes as well, plus, of course, all the bonus recordings that come out every week hereafter. It might only be five bucks, but it truly does mean a lot to me. Maggie, during the intro, we played back where we started, and at the end of this episode, we're going to have you talk about, and then we'll play your new song, I Don't Need You. Mm -hmm. But for now, talk about the personal growth that happened between writing those two songs. Well, when I first moved out to L.A., for me, I was really just kind of finding myself as a person and, and as an artist. And I, I knew I had a lot of room to grow. And it was obviously a new situation being out here and, and really making my way through the music industry. And I really wanted that to reflect in my music and even the structure of, of how I'm releasing my music. And Back where we started is obviously more of a vulnerable place, and it talks about being in a relationship that you're just not strong enough to get out of. And I don't need you is kind of like that natural process. Like when something's not working, you have to figure out a way to overcome that. And that's really where I don't need you came into play. And it really was true. Like during my journey, like I really figured out who I was. And I valued myself more than I was even during the time of when I wrote back where we started. So it's just interesting because I feel like we're always on our own personal journey and we're always trying to grow. And for I Don't Need You, it's just really arriving at that place where like, yes, I'm independent and I don't need anyone for my validation or to make me happy. And it was really fun even writing and recording that because I was in a, a much better place as well. Mm. And I'm, I'm glad I was able to share that even with my listeners and my fans and everyone who's been listening to all of the songs and stuff. Well, yeah, and what makes it so beautiful is that being a singer-songwriter, there's a second benefit. The first 
benefit number one without question is that personal growth that's going to be a part of you no matter what you're doing but in your case it's hey i'm going through some new experiences and as a songwriter i'm always looking for new material so this is something for me to grab onto and write about totally and and you know it's therapy and it's that's where you get your best inspiration is from your own personal life events and journeys and and music has always been a great outlet for that You know, I never thought to ask this question of a guest before, but when you talk about how therapeutic it can be, is there such a thing in the life of a songwriter as writing for therapy versus writing for something that you're going to record? I'm talking about just like journaling something that you're saying, I'm just writing over here in this book for therapy. This is not something I'm ever going to use in a song. Or is it, Bruce, sorry, but when you're a songwriter, everything's fair game and you can't can't write something in one place and it's not allowed in a song somewhere else. That's a great question. And I think for myself, I can't speak on all songwriters, but... No matter what, when I go into a song, writing a song, I don't like to have expectations as far as like, this has to be for this. Obviously, we have dreams and goals, like we want the best thing for the song. But I always just try and go into a song with the goal of like, let's just make this a a great piece of music. And I think a lot of making something great is the vulnerability and the honesty, because that's what people connect with. Mm. So at the end of the day, like... I'm sure we can all relate to like sometimes, you know, when you're really angry and you just need to get your thoughts out there and like you'll maybe write like this angry text or you'll write it out in the letter and then you never end up even wanting to send it because you feel better just writing it, writing it down and yeah. you kind of feel like yeah. you got your emotions out there. It's a very similar thing when you're writing a song like you go in with all these emotions, you pour out your heart and your soul and now it's it's in this piece of music and you just feel like a weight has been lifted off of you. And at the end of the day, whatever happens with it, my goal is always like, let's just write a great piece of music. That's terrific. That's terrific. And I guess now that I'm kind of taking some time to th- reflect on that myself, it's almost like you might write something somewhere else and it is just to get it off your chest. But if there is a, a short little phrase in there that you say, I just love the way I worded that in that emotion when yeah. I wrote it down, it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll take those couple of words, but I'm not going to use the whole passage. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it can always, you can take bits and pieces and build it into something else. And that's the beauty with music and songwriting. There's no rules and you can do anything you want, especially when it's yours. Well, speaking of your own personal growth, you encourage fans to embrace self-love via your music, which the music speaks to so many struggling with social justice challenges and personal growth slash respect. Just talk about that a little bit. Well, I grew up in a small town in Canada and I, looking back, like I was definitely, I guess, in a little bubble. Um, I never really was witness to a lot of the issues that I see now. Mm. Um, Hollywood, I'm obviously surrounded by the LGBTQ community and, and I've really become aware of the struggles that a lot of people face. And I guess, I don't know if I was naive growing up. I just was never exposed to that. And so for me, being able to use music as a platform to create awareness was something that instantly became very important to me. And I became very passionate about wanting to use my music as a way to educate people and to bring people together and to promote self-love and and positivity. And that's always been a very important goal of mine. Um, Just, you know, 
not just like, Hey, let's release music. Like I want it to mean something more. So yeah. that's always very important to me. Yeah. Cause there is such a thing as, look, I just wrote this song about a fast car. You know, it's not meant to move anybody in any kind of way. It's yeah. just quote unquote for entertainment. And you're saying, you know, there's a place for that Bruce, but, but personally for Maggie Zabo, I would rather accomplish something meaning to make yes. an impact on someone and give people something that they can use to grow from or to help them deal with whatever they're dealing with. Yeah. And it, for me, it just also makes me even more motivated to want to continue to grow my community and, and the people listening to my music, because I, I want to reach as many people as I can, even if it is just to, to help people love themselves more and to create more positivity amongst everyone. Well, and I see that, you know, you're building a relationship. It's not unlike someone who's struggling and goes to a counselor and feels they're benefiting from it. So what do they want to do? They want to go to their next session. And in your case, you're writing music, you're seeing people who are relating to it, and they're grabbing onto it. And so they're saying, okay, Maggie, what else do you have for us? Give me another song that's going to also help me. So it probably motivates you to continue writing because you know that it's resonating with people and that they are looking up to you for some guidance. 100%. And even like growing up as a kid, anytime like I was upset about something, the first thing I did was I would go listen to music. Mm. And I think for a lot of people that we were talking about therapy before, but music is a lot of people's therapy. And especially now with social media and how much a part of our lives that is like, obviously, there's a lot of toxicity with social media. And I think if you can really intertwine music with using it as a platform, you have the ability, a lot of artists and actors and songwriters and anyone who has a presence online, they have that power to really create change. And I think it's a responsibility we should be taking on more. So on a related note, talk about your song, Don't Give Up, mm -hmm. as well as your philanthropic efforts. Yeah, so I wrote Don't Give Up a couple of years ago. And it was really inspired just about wanting to persevere and find that inner strength to not give up. And when we were writing the song, it was very general, just like about finding your way through something. And when we finished the song, we're like, wow, this song could be really powerful. And um, when it came time to creating a concept for the music video, I felt really strongly about wanting the video to shed light on transgender issues, especially those for transgender youth. Like I was mentioning before, I grew up in Canada. I moved to West Hollywood. And only when I moved out here, obviously, this is like the LGBTQ capital of the world. Like I was so uh, I became really aware of a lot of the issues that the LGBTQ community faces around the world, especially uh, trans youth. Suicide rates are higher. Mm. Like a lot of discarded by their families because their families don't accept their gender identity and who they love. And it's really sad. And I wanted to be able to create a music video that could shed light on that. And that's kind of where the inspiration for Don't Give Up came from. And tell the listeners a little bit more about some of the projects that you've been involved with that, if I'm correct, I believe were attached to that song. Yeah, so the Trevor Project uh, proceeds from the music video, part of the pro proceeds from the music video went to the Trevor Project, and they are an organization that helps provide housing for trans youth. Um, and so that was something very important to us that we really wanted to be involved with. And 
what happened was with the music video, I ended up connecting with the Transports of Los Angeles, which is an amazing choir chorus in Los Angeles. And we ended up doing a live video of mm. the song together. And since then, that was two years ago now, we've done like over 50 performances around wow. LA. Wow. For Pride. And they're like family to me now. I'm, I love all of them and, and we're really close. And this is the longest I haven't been able to see them because of everything going on. But we were on Skype last week, and, and they're just an amazing group, an amazing community. And they are fighting so hard to create awareness for trans rights and the struggles that they face. And I feel really honored that we're able to perform together and that I can help give them a platform as well through music to do that. Well, we've started off on a rather deep note no music pun intended uh to this episode so let's let's back off a bit and, and actually go back in time we've been blessed to get listeners to this show from 153 countries around the world so yeah. some of the audience are just getting introduced to you for the first time you mentioned you are actually originally from ontario canada mm -hmm. when did you start singing when did you start songwriting when did you start playing piano and then more importantly, when did you make the decision that music is what you wanted to make a career out of? Well, I I always, ever since I was like three, I loved singing and I loved music. And I, I always said, even then at that age, I when I grow up, I want to be a singer. And it was just something I always loved to do. When I was 12, I started writing songs wow. and I started playing around on the piano and I learned a lot about chords and just how to play chords just through YouTube. Mm. And that's really when my songwriting journey came about. And I always just knew music was what I was going to do in high school. Obviously, at the end of high school, that's kind of when the decision is like, okay, well, now what are, now what are we going to do with our life? And like, what path are we going to go down? And it was a struggle because all of my friends were going off to college and university uh -huh. and I knew that music was really the route that I was going to be happy taking. So I didn't go to college. I instead ended up driving to Nashville from mm. Dundas. <laughs> and wow. my goal was, I was like, you know, I don't know where this is going to take me or what I'm going to do, but I just, I want to go to Nashville and I want to write songs and I just want to learn. So I call it the school of life. I drove out there. <laughs> my goal was to just be there for two weeks but I ended up staying there for a year and a half. Wow. And yeah, and it was a great experience. I met a lot of amazing people. I learned a lot. Nashville, like the amount of talent and the amazing lyricists and melody writers is, you know, it's it's so concentrated as far as the t amount of talented people that are there. So I wrote a lot of songs there. I ended up getting signed to a record company in Canada. So then that took me back to Canada. But I always knew that California was kind of where I wanted to end up. So uh -huh. I decided to come out here for another two-week writing trip. And history repeated itself. I ended up just staying, and I've been here ever since. And so when was that? I've been in L.A. for almost seven years now. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah crazy mm. well that's <laughs> that's quite a journey to go from ontario to la by way of nashville <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and I definitely, I loved Nashville, but L.A. really feels like home to me. And I feel like with the kind of music I do, this is really where I fit in best. That's terrific. That's terrific. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from West Hollywood by singer, songwriter, piano player Maggie Zabo. Visit her official website at allaboutmaggie.com. Of course, she is very much on social media. On her website, you will see links to find Maggie on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Her new single is out called I Don't Need You, and there's a remix of it due out this Friday, July 10th. Certainly, you can follow Maggie on Spotify, but the better way to support her is to purchase downloads of her music from iTunes. Download I Don't Need You and pre-order the remix on iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Music. I mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show. Check out the bonus audio, ad-free, by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks a month. Hear more from Maggie Zabo and bonus content for the previous 28 episodes of this show, as well as every week hereafter. I also want to say thank you for those that have been supporting Now Hear This Entertainment by way of your regular everyday purchases on Amazon. I get to see that activity from the monthly emails that they send me. Feel free to email me yourself, by the way, podcast at nhte.net, and let me know that you are buying from Amazon through their banner on my show website. Remember, it's no extra cost to you. Just go to the show website, nhte.net, scroll down to the tall Amazon banner, and then once you click that, it will open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it will open their website if you're on your computer. Either way, regardless of how you do that, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which then helps with the expenses that I have for putting out a new episode of this show every week. And remember, it's totally private. All Amazon tells me once a month in those emails is how much they're kicking back to me. That's it. So I don't know who bought through them or what you purchased for that matter. Anyhow, thanks for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. Maggie, in mentioning there about the remix that's coming out this Friday, tell the audience who it is that remixed I Don't Need You as well as his credentials and, for that matter, how you got the opportunity to work with him. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Uh, The remix uh, is done by Ryan Riback, and he is an amazing Australian producer and DJ. And I have been a huge fan of his for a while because he's been all over the radio and on the Spotify charts, and he had very great success with Call On Me by Starly. He's been number one on the Billboard dance charts, and he's just very talented. So I actually reached out to him on Instagram. Wow. (laughs) And I just sent him a DM, which I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work, but, you know, you got to take chances and just try, and if they don't respond, whatever. So I hit him up on Instagram, and he hit me back right away. And I asked him, I was like, you know, I have this song coming out and I would love for you to remix it. So he asked me to send it to him and I did. And next thing you know, he created a remix for the song. So that's how it happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amazing. What were your expectations when, I should say, when you first wrote to him and and then when Mm -hmm. he answered back, did did you think that it was going to go anywhere? Did you think like, ah, I'm going to send this, but he's probably not even going to answer me? I mean, I definitely thought, like, he's probably not going to answer me. <laughs> and, and I'm sure, you know, like, being in entertainment, you kind of just expect that people won't respond. <laughs> and you kind of 
prepare for the worst. So I definitely was like, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. I kind of DM'd him and forgot about it and had no expectations. And when he hit me back, I was like, wow, that's really sweet. Like he actually reads some of his DMs, which I thought was really nice. And even then, like there's so many steps that have to um, happen in order for something to be talked about to even get to its final stages. Like just the fact that he responded was great. Um, but then for him to listen to the song was one hurdle for him to even agree to trying out a remix. Um, and a lot of the times like people try to remix and, and maybe it doesn't end up working out because they weren't able to get inspired to create something amazing. But yeah. And it ended up just, you know, all the hurdles and all the steps started taking place and he sent us a version of the remix that we really loved and we really felt strongly about. And it kind of just happened like that. And for the audience, if you're not familiar with Ryan, my gosh, remixes, the, the list goes on and on of all the people that he's worked with. It's it's amazing. Jennifer Hudson, Kelly Clarkson, Fergie, Maroon 5. You can look him up, but obviously yeah. very, very accomplished. And uh, Maggie is very fortunate to get him to work on the remix of I Don't Need You. It is said that you love collaborating with notable DJs slash producers. What led you to that path? It's a very good question. And um, I love this question because it's, I started out just loving acoustic music and R&B and soul. And that's a lot of what I was doing in Nashville was more stripped down organic Uh songwriting and performances and music. And I only when I moved out to L.A., I was performing at this event and there was a DJ in the audience named Schiller. And after the performance, he came up to me and he asked if I would write songs for his album. And he is very electronic music DJ. And of course, I agreed because I love being challenged as you know writing for different genres. And and I think it's a great exercise to just to learn more. And he's from Germany, so I also was really intrigued as far as, like, what his process was like. And he came out to L.A. actually just strictly to work on his album. So it was kind of just, like, a really cool thing that I even got to meet him. So I started writing with him, and it was really fun. And the thing that I discovered was a lot of the, like, free electronic music, it's a very similar process for me as far as, like, what I do. I write, I try and write great lyrics and catchy melodies. The only main difference is the production is different. And that's not my job. It's the, that's the job of the producer or the DJ. And so it was fun for me because I was able to just do what I do just over a different beat and different chords and stuff. So that kind of started this whole wave of electronic music for me and collaborating with different DJs because I discovered that it was a great way to build my fan base and it was a genre of music that I really fell in love with and ultimately it it influenced how I create my own music too because a lot of the music I'm making now is more electronic and it's very pop but there's a lot of electronic influences in it as well so that's really how how that journey started okay but it puts you in an interesting position because as we all know there's a very 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 common word in the music business which is a two-letter word no and (laughs) when you start getting into all these people that want to do remixes on maggie zabo songs you're going to get a remix sent to you that you're not going to like and all of a sudden you're the one that's going to have to say no yeah so Walk us through that. How do you 
handle that in a way that this is someone else that granted it, it started with your song, but it's their art. Yeah. They created something and now you're having to tell them, no, I don't like that. It's that's like the worst. I hate doing that. And <laughs> earlier we were talking about patience and this all ties together because like as an artist and a songwriter, anytime I write a song, like I just want to release it and I want people to hear it. But obviously when you're putting out so much content, it's hard for people to really catch up and you start realizing like it's a lot about quality instead of quantity. And it's that balance of like, not everything is going to be amazing and not everything is going to be something that people want to hear. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, I get a lot of people wanting to work together and wanting to collab. And, you know, obviously we go in with the best of intentions, but at the end of the day, sometimes the creativity doesn't align and it ends up not being something that I feel like this isn't the quality that I want my listeners to have to listen to. And also, like, if you're throwing out music every single day, like, it can get confusing for people, and it's hard to really promote from the business side of things. Like, okay, if I have a song coming out every day, like, how are you really going to push each song and give it yeah. the attention it deserves? Yeah. So it does suck having to be in that situation, like, having to tell somebody, no, <laughs> this isn't going to work out. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're – like anyone in that situation knows like this is about music and creativity and we've all heard no before and you kind of sometimes get used to it, <laughs> unfortunately. And, you know, it's just you learn that music, there's no right answer and it's just about how we feel and you can't take things personally all the time either. Yeah. And the thing is that, you know, when it does come to taking things personally, it's, you know, look, at the end of the day, this is my song. And I and I always use the expression, you know, these are my babies. You know, the, yeah. the songs that, that songwriters create, those are your children. Those are your babies. And so if someone's coming along and they're dressing up your baby in a way that you don't like, you're going to go, this is my song and I don't like what you've done to it. So I'm going to yeah. have to say no. And they have, yeah. to, they have to understand that, okay, that song did start with Maggie. That's hers. You know, what yeah. I did to it is window dressing. And if she doesn't like it, then... You know, I just got to move on to the next person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're all, I love referring to my songs as my little babies. Because <laughs> you, know, you have a personal connection with each and every one of them, and you just want all of them to flourish and to thrive and, and to do as well as they can. Yeah. Well, I do want to make sure that I give you a chance to talk about something that I mentioned back in the intro, which is the various sync placements that you've gotten. My gosh, NBC... Netflix, Disney, the e-network. Yeah. So it's going back to the journey. Like I never even really knew that sync, I call it sync, uh, which is the placement of music and film and TV projects. I didn't even really, that was never on my radar growing up. And, and when I was in Canada, but only moving to LA, did I really see like, wow, this is a, a great opportunity for myself to get my music out there and to be heard. And it's really fun too, because when you get asked to come on and write for a project for different TV shows, you have to put like, I have to put my artist self aside sometimes. And I have to really focus on like, okay, what serves this scene or what serves this TV show best. And it's a great challenge. And I, and I love that because I think it improves me as a songwriter. And, um, 
And also just like being able to get my music in front of a new audience. It's, it's really fun and it's gratifying. And I love being able to turn on the TV and like, wow, this show that I, I actually watch and that I like, they, it's a great feeling when you can kind of hear your music in the background too. Yeah, it's a great explanation. You did a great job. And, and, you know, I like thinking in the sense of it's almost like you're taking off your artist hat and you're just being a songwriter and you're writing for someone else. But in this case, it's not for another artist. It's for a scene. It's for a character. It's for a show. Yeah. And you're saying, okay, this is who I'm writing for today, not for Maggie Zabo, the artist. And yeah. so, as you said, I'm sure that that does. And it's probably refreshing, is it not? It's actually really refreshing because sometimes like when you're writing for yourself, like you have to be very precious about like, okay, are my emotions coming out the right way? And like, am I really setting up how I felt during this time? But when it's for something else, honestly, it's easier a lot of the times because you can kind of see things from a different perspective. And it just, I feel like a lot of the times it just flows easier. So it's really fun and I love it. And it's given me the opportunity to write for a lot of different amazing networks too. Yeah. And you made a great point there because you didn't say it directly, but what I'm hearing between the lines is you're thinking about your fans and your followers and your listeners. And is this still kind of weaving that same common thread throughout what they're used to yeah. from Maggie Zaba? Whereas when you're writing for these other projects, you're basically having to please the music supervisor and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sir, you know, what's the storyline and what is this show about? And, and a lot of the times it's about something totally different that I normally wouldn't even write about in my own music. So I think it allows me to also pull from different situations and scenarios that I normally don't write about either. Wow. Wow. I love it. I love it. I always feel bad asking a guest this when they're in the middle of so much like you right now with a new single out, a video for it and a remix about to be released. But what is next for Maggie Zabo? Well, obviously right now it's a very unprecedented time and, and usually as an artist, like you plan tours and shows and it's obviously just something that who knows what's going to happen. And before I was planning on doing a tour and I was really excited to perform at a lot of different prides. Um, so that's not, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen right now. So for me, my focus right now and what I'll be doing is just releasing more music and more music videos and engaging with people online and doing online performances. So just a lot more music coming out during this year. And just to be clear, so when you say a lot more music, is it you're just going to continue to release singles or is this leading towards, say, an EP or an album? I'll be releasing singles, but yes, it leading towards an EP or an album, for sure. And that's where I would encourage the audience to follow you on social media so they can get the details of, of when that ends up being. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's also something to be said for, you know, not telling people right now, I've got a new album coming out on September 28th. You know, it's like, well, you know, that's three months from now. Let's kind of keep people hanging around and we'll announce it, you know, maybe August 28th. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't really like, I guess this year has been a test for all of us. Like we don't know what's, we, it's just so hard to plan during this time. And we really don't like, I was planning things in January, obviously we all were and things change and, and it's, it's an interesting time to try and plan anything. So I'm just kind of being, I'm trying to go with the flow and just really focus on writing songs and releasing them when the time is right. 
Okay, but clarify for me, though. So when you say that you're going to be releasing songs, are they already written and produced and you're just trying to figure out release dates? Or is it, you know, you might be releasing something this year that you haven't even written yet? Well, I have. I've written, I actually have done songs that um, I will be releasing. But the next single, actually, after I Don't Need You, it was planned to be another song, but we recently wrote a song that I was like, wow, like this might actually be the next single. So, um, it's, it's hard to answer because I do have songs that I plan on releasing for my artist project. But if, if I write a song that ends up feeling even better and maybe the timing is right for it, I'm not against releasing something brand new that I just wrote. Gotcha. Well, let's back up then. When we were talking about the sync opportunities that you get, if you write a song for the e-network, are you allowed to release that on your own or is it you just hope that they'll release it or is it I don't I don't care as long as it get paid enough for writing it for them then who cares what happens with it I mean I can definitely it's my song and I'm able to release it it's uh it's just a balance because there's certain songs that I feel like aren't exactly right for my artist project which yeah. is why sometimes they don't get released Um, and you can just listen to them in the TV shows. And then there are some songs that like, if this one gets placed, I definitely want to release that under my artist project. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, listeners, I have to be careful not to give away all of their content, but in the latest Access Vegas newsletter, just a few of the items I saw were, you can officially get married in Las Vegas again. Here's how. I saw... Online gamblers, beware. Don't let the government take your funds. And I saw downtown Las Vegas casinos well-positioned to recover. Uh, Plus, the editor even was responding to a reader's question about whether the usual casino resort fees will go up or down in light of the pandemic. You can get access to these that I've mentioned and a whole lot more by signing up for their e-newsletter. Go to my show website, nhte.net. Click on the Access Vegas logo and then put in the code BRUCE at sign up to get $5 off. Remember, you'll also get exclusive insider tips and even a spreadsheet of super secret specials. It's all geared towards maximizing your experience with what I think is the real city that never sleeps. Again, go to my show website, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and then put in the code BRUCE at sign up to get $5 off. Maggie, we're in the home stretch here, and we will be wrapping up shortly by having you talk about, and then I will play your latest single. But before we do that, first tell the listeners all about the making of the music video for I Don't Need You, which, by the way, is a really great video. It, the the yeah. color is great. The storyboarding is great. Really well done. Congratulations. It's a great video. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it. we had to shoot that uh, during the latter half <laughs> of the quarantine time so it it was probably the hardest music video I ever had to plan for because a lot of unknown and obviously I wanted to be very careful and and we couldn't I'm used to having a crew and a lot of different people on set and we just couldn't have that which Mm. is why yeah so it was it was a great challenge but I'm really proud with how it turned out and I ended up shooting it at a friend's house Um, and so I kind of had to figure out like, okay, what kind of story can I create with this where I don't have to go to a public place and it can be, you know, Uh. just, so 
that's really how that came about. And it was only myself, the video director, and he had an assistant with him. Um, and everyone wore masks. I didn't, obviously, on camera. Um, we all stayed our social distance, and we all got tested a couple days before. And you see Ian in the video, who is one of my dear friends, and he's my makeup artist. Ah, <laughs> so okay. we kept it very personal, very, like, we call it a skeleton crew. I didn't learn about that term until we were shooting. Skeleton crew is just the bare minimum. So that's really how we facilitated the shooting of the music video. Yeah, or as they call it in the COVID-19 world, essential personnel. So Essential personnel, <laughs> yes. But so you're saying, yeah. because, I, because I was going to call you out on it and say, no, you're not the only one, because there was a guy in the video who you were, but, but you're saying that that was Ian. And I think what I hear you saying is he was going to have to be there anyways. And so exactly. it's like, okay, well then, so that we don't bring in more people than we need to, because we are trying to be conscious of yeah. COVID-19. Since Ian's exactly. already going to be here doing my makeup, let's have him play that character. Extra, Yeah. And he... Um, the way we shot everything, too, um, when you're on set, like when you're filming, the camera person's not close to you. Obviously, you have to be a safe distance apart anyways. So it was really just helpful that he was already going to be there. So we're like, you know, let's throw him in there. <laughs> let's make <laughs> use of So um, and I need him for hair and makeup and styling. He's kind of like a one man show when it comes to that. So. He was there anyways, um, and we worked together a lot um, on photos, and he's just an amazing, creative, talented person. So it was fun to have him in the video. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And and for him, that was probably, I don't want to say a nice reward, but kind of, you know, a nice change. Like, oh, this will be different. I actually need to be on camera also. Oh, my God. Yeah, like having him in front of the camera, like it was, you know, a new experience for him. And it was fun for me because usually he's behind the camera helping me out. So we kind of got to switch roles. So that was really fun. And I'll tell you, this is why I love having these conversations with guests because listeners, please go watch the video. The video is really, really well done. It really looks really terrific, Maggie. And and, and when you see that, if you would have never heard her say what she just said in terms of how it got put together, you would have thought that this was something that took a few weeks and they probably had a huge crew and it probably broke the bank for her to make it. And it just looks terrific. So I'm, I'm really, really always enjoying getting these behind the scenes stories. So uh, nice job on, on giving us a, a visual for how all that came together. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're going to close today with another song from Maggie Zabo, her latest single that you have heard talked about and which there is a remix for coming this Friday, July 10th. Maggie, before you and I go have some fun over on Patreon, talking about lots okay. more good stuff, tell the listeners all about the song itself, I Don't Need You. So the song is about just being strong enough and uh, really finding yourself enough to say, like, I can walk, I'm strong enough to walk away from either this relationship or this career or this city that I live in, it's really finding your own independence and not being afraid to walk away and not really needing anyone else to, to be happy. And, and that's really where the song comes from. So let me ask you this then, how challenging is it to storyboard a video like that, where I think if someone hears the title and mm -hmm. then if they watch the video and maybe they're not really paying close attention to the lyrics, the tendency could be for someone to say, 
oh, this is a song about uh, some person that you don't need. And I love that you just said, no, it could be a job that you don't really need. It could be a city that you don't really need. So how difficult is it to decide, well, as a video, what do I want to portray? What element do I want to put on the screen? Well, I think the natural, like you mentioned, the natural tendency is to go to like a relationship. And obviously a lot of people can relate to that, but, and that's in the beginning of the music video, that is the story. Like you see the scene opening up and I get this text from a guy and I'm upset about it. But as the music video progresses, the whole video was just me celebrating and being happy and dancing and wearing bright colors and feeling good about myself. And I wanted that part of the music video to reflect like any situation, whether it is toxic friend, um, someplace you live, a job situation, just something that you need to be strong enough to say, like, I don't need this in my life. Like I'm just going to celebrate me being me. Okay. Yeah, I like that you said, I want the focus to be on the joy that we as people can have by whatever it is, as opposed to why, what happened? Well, never mind what I gave up, what I walked away from and what I decided I don't need. It's more about the happiness that I now have because I realized I don't need him or her or it. Yes, exactly. exactly. Very nice. Very nice. Maggie, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun talking to you. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, piano player Maggie Zabo. Do visit her official website at allaboutmaggie.com. Do be sure to engage with her on social media too. Like her music page on Facebook. Follow her on Twitter and on Instagram. I did all three of those things myself this morning, so please do the same for her. Subscribe to Maggie's official YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell Maggie you heard her and her music and now hear this entertainment regardless of when you're listening to this episode. Of course, the remix that we've talked about will be out this Friday, July 10th. Do be sure to pre-order that right now on iTunes. Sure, you can follow Maggie on Spotify too, but the better way to support her is to purchase downloads of her music from iTunes. Again, Maggie and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last six months' worth of guests. It's only 5 bucks a month, and it's ad-free, and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button, and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all of your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what has been more than six years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 335. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Maggie Zabo. This is the one she just talked about called I Don't Need You. I was hypnotized by your light blue eyes and those shadow lips. They only told me lies. I was by your side. I was walking blind. So I lost myself. Keeping us alive. Cause everything I